I think money is just energy and it can be used for positive things, for neutral things, for negative things. But it's not inherently good or evil or anything like that. It's all what you decide to do with it. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another amazing episode of For the Love of Money. I think you're going to love today's episode because we're going to talk about a really cool concept. And that is a concept where a gentleman named Adam Capes took the vacation business and decided to make it for profit for cause so that every time you're taking a vacation, you're doing something to help other people. It's just an incredible story. Now, Adam Capes is the founder of Getaway to Give and he's raised over $14 million for charity through this concept that he's created. So I cannot wait for you to hear how he did it, how he came up with it, why he's doing it, and all the other really cool things that come along with this. Now, before we get into that conversation, talk about coming up with something that you love and adore, I came up with my new, let's call it entry-level mastermind called Fast Foundations. I literally created everything that I wish existed when I was a new entrepreneur to avoid some of the mistakes that I made, to give me some of the, the shortcuts, some of the fast starts, and definitely the tribe that I wish I had when I was getting started so I didn't have to like feel my way around in the dark the entire time. I literally created what I wish existed at the time. Good news for you, if you're between fifty dollars and $250,000 a year as an entrepreneur, it now exists for you. It's the coolest program ever. It's only five months long. I probably create it by playing stupid idea time, meaning no ideas were off limits when I created this thing. And that's how I created such a beautiful mastermind slash course slash fast start program for all of you. So listen, if you are an entrepreneur and you are between 50 and $250,000 in revenue and you want to learn how to get to a half a million and then a million and so on and so on, this is absolutely worth checking out. Go to fastfoundations.com. Again, it is fastfoundations.com. Guaranteed, it'll change your life. It'll change your business. I cannot wait for you to be a part of our extended tribe. Now, let's talk with Adam Capes because he totally represents what this show is about and what entrepreneurship and doing good is all about. Again, he's the founder of Getaway to Give, and you're going to hear all about how that was created, why and how he's raised $14 million for charity so far. And you're going to hear about this concept of taking vacation properties and raising money by having people like you and I stay in them and having them auctioned off at charity galas in order to make a difference. Now, we get deep into talking about this concept of for-profit, for-cause, because a lot of listeners don't actually realize what for-profit, for-cause is. They think there's either just for-profit or for-charity. And there's this beautiful in-between world that is probably creating the most impact out of all of the models out there called for-profit, for-cause. 
So we are going to get into that model quite deep so you can learn about it, understand the benefits of it, and maybe it'll spark an idea in you to do something like that with your business. You're going to love his story about his first fundraising effort when he was seven years old that he held in his backyard. It's so cool. It is. It just shows you, you know, what this man is at the core and, and why he loves generosity and why he loves giving and why he's created the business the way that he has. So get ready. Listen up. This episode is full of so much value. I think you're really going to love it. All right, Adam, my friend, thanks for being on. How are you? Doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm actually really excited to talk to you. Um, this is my first time hearing of you and your company, you know, Get Away to Give. And as I did my research, it absolutely fits within the ethos of everything this show stands for. And so I think we're going to have a really great conversation today. Yeah, looking forward to it. So I do my show a little differently than most other people. I start with rapid fire. It's just a fun way to help my listeners get to know you in a hurry. And then if there's something that comes up that's really good, we can circle back around and do a deep dive on it. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right. We're going to start real easy. Where'd you grow up? Uh, St. Louis, Missouri. And where do you live now? Atlanta, Georgia. Favorite quote? Mm, I'll give a good money one from one of my uh, personal heroes, Warren Buffett. Be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful. Oh, that's so good. I mean, that's a great fundamental policy just to to live by and run your business by. What is one of your superpowers? I think my sense of optimism. Oh, you and me both. It's really powerful, isn't it? Powerful and and rare. I'm I'm blessed, uh, I think, to have parents that I inherited that from. What is one of your all-time favorite books? Yeah, it's another tough one. I've, I've got probably 10 books that I'm halfway through on my nightstand right now. So <laughs> uh, I, I, I read uh, half of a lot of books. <laughs> <laughs> you got a favorite for us? I would say A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. Mm, good recommendation. What is one thing you're challenged by right now? Really scaling my business appropriately because uh, it, it our company has just endless opportunity and blue ocean and uh, figuring out exactly where to, where to focus our energies with so many opportunities. That's cool. We're definitely going to circle back around and get into that one a little bit. Who is someone who's changed your life? I'm going to say my grandfather, who's not with us anymore, but just an incredible man who inspired me. Mm, I love it. A couple more. What is something generous you've done recently? The gym where I work out at was doing a toy drive and I ordered a ton of toys on Amazon and sent them over there. Uh, wasn't able to attend the party to enjoy that, but hopefully the kids who get the toys will. Mm, I love that. Way to go, Adam. And the last quick rapid fire question is, what are you grateful for today? Right now, I'm grateful to be uh, on your podcast, speaking with you and uh, and hopefully uh, sharing some information that can help uh, some of your listeners. Ah, thank you. Well, it makes you and me both. So let's do that. Let's dig a little bit deeper into the interview now because I really want to get into the concept of this really awesome business that you've built. Not only is it a cool concept, but it totally fits within everything that this show represents. So get away to give. I'm going to butcher it, but it's basically vacationing for charity. Is that right? Yeah, we live at the intersection of, uh, of vacations and charities or uh, or philanthropy. So there's a couple different ways that works. 
Uh, most of our revenue as a company, and this is not how we started, by the way, we pivoted and and, and changed. And um, I think that's something that uh, many small businesses and entrepreneurs need to be open to and, and look at doing instead of sticking with a business model that may not be working. And, uh, you know, that doesn't always end well. So, we didn't start out uh, exactly this way. We've always been focused on helping charities raise money, but the way that we are doing that currently is uh, we're the largest provider of vacation homes and experiences to the nonprofit industry. And what that means is in their in their events, their galas, their fundraisers, when they have live auctions, predominantly live auctions, uh, occasionally, uh, a high-end silent auction or a raffle, but predominantly live auctions. We provide different vacation packages that raise them between. We target between ten thousand and a hundred thousand dollars at their event. Oh wow! In, usually in about three minutes in their live auction. That's incredible. Okay, so one of the galas I go to every year is for Pencils of Promise. So when we see one of these, you know, let's pretend uh, five bedroom home in Belize, that might be coming from you guys providing that. That might be coming from us. Uh, you know, I, I've got to talk to Adam Braun about that and make sure we get in there. But I, uh, I love Pencils of Promise, and I actually included them uh, about five years ago in my birthday. They were part of my my birthday uh, drive to build a school in um, Honduras, Ecuador, or Honduras, one of those countries. So I, I was uh, I love pencils of promise, and we uh, I was able to build a school from donations from friends and some of our members when I had a birthday a number of years ago. Oh, I love that you did that. I'm such a, a fan of both Adam and. And that organization, I've been to Guatemala with them last year. We're going back again this year. And it's just such a rewarding thing to be a part of. Okay, so I've got a, the gist of one of the ways that you're providing value through this company. But you said this didn't start this way. How did it start? Yeah, our original business model. So my background's in the destination club business, which is basically like uh, a country club of, of private homes. So... Back when I got into the business, I actually joined a destination club. I think there were 26 at the time. And today you can probably count them on one hand. So there was a lot of uh, mergers. Um, there were some bankruptcies, some mismanagement during the the uh, housing crisis. And when the economy was in the tank in the late 2000s, a lot of them uh, struggled and went under if they had a lot of debt. Um, but I started in, in that industry and um, I started a company called, well, I started with a company called Private Escapes. It's not here any longer. I joined that club in 2003 and, and worked for them for a year. So that's kind of where I learned this business. And then in uh, 2006, I started a company called Equity Estates. I co-founded it with another gentleman. And um, we built that up and it was fully subscribed in 2012. We raised about $60 million and bought vacation homes all over in a fund. And that was amazing, but I didn't feel like I was really, I felt like I was just helping people spoil their kids, basically. I was helping uh, wealthy people save money and have better vacations. So it was fulfilling from that perspective, but it wasn't feeding my soul. I wasn't helping people in need. And what I found was 
we couldn't advertise uh, because it was a Reg D securities offering. So one thing that people said is, hey, if you want to get in front of uh, people who could invest in this fund, why don't you, you know, donate some nights to a big charity gala? And we did that a few times and um, didn't really help us from a business perspective. But I was blown away by what we were able to, to do for those charities. It, one example was, I think it was the Samuel Waxman Cancer Foundation in New York City. We donated a trip to Anguilla. You know, nice place. I thought it would go for maybe five or $10,000. They had paired it with some Delta first class tickets and it sold for $75,000. Wow. And the guy who bought it ended up not taking it, donating it back to the organization. And next year they sold it for $85,000. Wow. So all of a sudden I helped raise $160,000 for cancer research from just one week in this vacation property. And you were hooked. So <laughs> I thought, okay, there's, there's something here, <laughs> you know, and I had seen over and over again when we would donate trips to uh, at charity events that it would typically be the number one selling item um, because that's what a lot of people really want is is travel, especially if it's a property that they couldn't uh, vacation to otherwise. And so that was part of the the impetus to uh, to start Getaway to Give, which we started in in 2012 and uh, really started selling memberships in 2013. So Long way around to your question of, okay, if it wasn't working with charities, what, what were you doing initially? The, the initial business model was in 2013 uh, to sell memberships. And our hope was that uh, charities and schools would um, get behind us because 50% of the $15,000 membership fee was going directly to the charity or school of the member's choice. So we, we knew we'd We'd be sending lots of big checks to these organizations, and our hope was that they would um, help us find new members. And what we realized pretty quickly was that most nonprofits are not really sales and marketing powerhouses, and they don't typically partner. That's not their their number one you know core strength. What they're really good at is solving whatever social problem or dealing with whatever issue um, that their their mission is focused on. So we found an opportunity in that and, and pivoted and said, look, if they're, if they're not that great at sales and marketing, uh, maybe we can help them. And so our mission is to be the best in the country at helping charities and schools raise money. Wow, I absolutely love that. You know what's funny? Are you familiar with Charity Buzz? Very. Okay, so that has become an addiction of mine, whether it's on-field game passes, whether it's vacation homes, whether it's whatever it is, if there's something on there that I want, I, I go into a bidding frenzy for it because number one, I'm competitive. Number two, I just love the idea that if I'm going to go do that activity anyways, it's going to help somebody on the other end. And that's exactly what you guys are doing. Yeah, exactly. What we're, what we're really trying to do is is take people's vacation budgets and transfer some of that over into a philanthropy budget, if you will. We're moving some of that money from where they might spend it on, you know, maybe VRBO or Airbnb or or one of the hotels or resorts and uh, giving them a hand-selected, more personalized experience in one of our homes and having money at the same time go to help a charity that they're 
passionate about. I love it. So Adam, is this business model, is this for-profit for-cause or is it a true charity? It's for-profit. Um, we do have our own foundation as well, which is called the Giving Plan Foundation. So um, we use that like when we were sending cash out to charities, it was going through the foundation. But we're really a for-profit company whose whose mission is to be the best in the country at helping nonprofits raise money. And you know we're uh, we're unapologetic about that. We think if we can bring a lot of value, you know, out of all the business ideas out there, it's interesting. Dan Pallada, I don't know if you're familiar with him. I'm sure uh, a lot of your listeners have probably seen his TED talk or read one of his books. Uh, he wrote a book called Uncharitable and another one called Charity Case. But he talks about um, how you could you know, be the CEO of a company that makes violent video games. And if you make $100 million in a year, you're on the cover of a magazine and you're lauded as being a brilliant entrepreneur. But if you're running a charity and you're helping solve major social problems and you make more than a few hundred thousand dollars, you know, you're looked at as a pariah. And Isn't that crazy? Uh, it, it, it really is. And, and so I, I think that if more, I'm, I'm a, obviously a firm believer in social entrepreneurship and social enterprise. And if we can use uh, the power of business and conscious capitalism to make a difference in the world, all the better. Well, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I think a lot of people, they haven't quite grasped the concept of how impactful, how important the concept of for-profit, for-cause as a company can be. And number one, like you, you said it best, if you're going to be a for-profit company anyways, when you attach it to a social cause, now you're doing good at the same time. And one of the side effects typically is that people are going to resonate with doing business with you over a competitor who is not for-cause. Number two, I think way too often people get lost in when they want to do something good. All of a sudden they get into this charity mode. And the problem is when you are in a mode of just giving, then you take your eye off of some of the fundamentals of creating profit. And you actually end up being able to give less than if you were driving profit, driving revenue, driving growth, and then doing something good with a good portion of that profit. So I love that you guys are standing up and, and being one of the examples of what's really starting to catch trend, and that is for-profit, for-cause. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what is one of the biggest challenges with a model like this? I think the, the nonprofit industry is really very different than every other industry in America. I mean, every industry is different, but uh, when I say that, what I mean is that capitalism drives every industry in America, except the nonprofit industry. The rules are different. And again, Dan Pallotta walks people through these and, and how it's backwards. I'll, I'll give you a few examples. One is talent. You know, I talked about uh, the CEO of a company that makes violent video games or potato chips or something like that, you know, can make millions and millions of dollars even if you may not agree with what they're doing for society, but then the CEO of a of a really important hunger charity, you know, they're not allowed to make that kind of money because they're seen as, oh, you know, you're taking advantage of people who are hungry, which 
I think it's the exact opposite. They're actually helping solve the problem and they should be rewarded for that. So there's issues in the nonprofit industry around attracting top talent. It's not like if you're an amazing salesperson or entrepreneur or you're amazing in technology that you're jumping into the nonprofit industry. It's like you have to go into the nonprofit industry saying, well, I really want to make a difference and I know I'm not allowed to make any good money in it. Yeah, so it takes it, on the drive away. Yeah, so it, so it hurts. And, and I'm not saying that there aren't, even with the, the lack of financial incentive, um, there are still unbelievable people. I, I get to meet new heroes every day who are running nonprofits um, that are making a huge difference in people's lives. But, you know, the, not, the, the, the nonprofit industry is at a huge disadvantage from the ability to attract capital. In the for-profit sector, you know, you can advertise. If uh, you've got a great product or service, you go on television or on the internet or whatever, you spend a lot of money to advertise until that money doesn't yield uh, a return anymore. In the nonprofit sector, you're almost not even allowed to advertise because people will say, oh, wait a minute, I don't want the money going to advertising. I want it going to the cause. And everything is looked at as overhead. So, you know, the nonprofit sector has a lot of disadvantages. And we're what we're trying to do is help them get over that. One of my biggest challenges, back to your question, is that because it's capitalism is harder to be found in the nonprofit sector, a lot of nonprofits, they just want everything for free and don't fully understand that it's still the rules of it takes money to make money mm-hmm. still apply, even in the nonprofit world. So if we could raise a nonprofit $50,000, but it costs them $50,000. So, you know, they, they, not that they even have to pay up front because everything we do is there's no risk. It's, it's put it in an auction. If it sells great, if it doesn't, doesn't cost the charity anything, you know, they, they oftentimes would rather have a hundred percent donation that brings them $10,000 than have any expense associated with raising $50,000. So one of my challenges is getting them to see that it's it's not about percentages, it's about total dollars because that's what your customers or the people that you're helping care about. They don't care if 80% of the money went to the cause, they care, did you raise enough money to provide food for people who need it or medicine or education or whatever the organization is focused on? Yeah, very well said. Where do you find the properties from? Is there a is there an overhead to you with these properties or are these coming from good-hearted individuals that own them? How does that work? Yeah, uh, it would be great if, if we could be, do the latter, but it's uh, pretty much strictly business on that side. We go out and find homeowners. I'm, uh, I've been in the industry since I mentioned 2003, so I'm pretty familiar with a lot of these markets. And we have a lot of members who... We'll say, hey, if I buy a property here, will you lease it from me? So we do typically two-year leases. Um, We go into markets, find uh, properties that we think are ideal, and then we make the homeowner an offer that oftentimes they're very interested in because it's yielding more net money to them and much less hassle. They don't have to worry about taking phone calls from people uh, on the internet or worrying about who's staying there, managing the property. We take care of all of that. 
That makes sense. It's kind of a win-win situation, really. I noticed one of your properties when I spoke around was Thatch K Resort in Belize. I believe that one of my friends, David Wood, is one of the owners of that property. Do you know David? I don't. I do know uh, the owner, one of the owners of that property. So yeah, he's in a uh, kind of. We'll a have to talk offline. Perhaps. Yeah, partners. Very cool. Very cool. Well, it's it just shows that there's so many people out there that you know it can be a win-win situation to make a little bit of revenue off of your property that may sit empty most of the time and give it to a cause like yours. You know, So they get a little bit of occupancy. They get a little bit of revenue. You're able to take it, flip it into profit for yourselves and for a charity. The whole business model is, is really, really cool. And I love that you guys came up with this. So and we, we, we have a couple, Chris, we've got a couple, um, we have a number of properties that, are, that we don't lease that are kind of third party, unique experiences like Thatch K like uh, Royal Belize, to both private islands in Belize, one that you take the, Royal Belize, you take the whole island. Thatch Key has, I think, 15 different um, overwater bungalows and, uh, and uh, little villas. So we, we, part of our business model also is, is finding those unique destinations and, and properties where we can promote them and, uh, and offer compelling value. Now, can a guy like me just go on your website and say, ooh, I want to stay at that property and book it? Or does um, it have to be a situation where I end up at a gala and one of your properties is being auctioned off at that gala? So you could become a member and we are moving, uh, I think, in 2019 towards a model like you referenced where you'd be able to go onto our website, see a property that you want to book. Uh, maybe buy a, a one-year membership or access pass for a very reasonable amount and then save a lot more than that amount on on your trip with us and, and hopefully uh, become a part of our community. Very cool. So let's talk charity a little bit. Where does the money go? How much have you raised? And how do you choose the causes or is it the causes coming to you? It's a little bit of both. We've raised over $14 million dollars. Wow. Um, Congratulations, for, by the way. Yeah, thanks. For lots of causes. Um, I, we have probably a thousand different charities and schools that we've raised money for at this point and are looking at growing that number aggressively. We have um, a, sale, a national sales force of six, I'm sorry, of, of nine charity fundraising directors. And we're looking actually to grow that by um, probably four this year. So uh, if any of your listeners uh, are interested in, in making money and making a difference and uh, feel that they're, uh, they have a skill set, um, certainly uh, at, the, at the end of this podcast, I'll give my email and they can email me. But um, sometimes the organizations hear about us and contact us. And oftentimes, you know, because we're based in major, major cities and major markets, we know where the big events are. You know, they promote themselves. It's not that hard to find them. And we call on them. And um, again, we, we walk in and say, not sure if we can help you, but if we can, you know, we're, we're looking at trying to help you net uh, an additional ten to $100,000 at your, at your event. Very cool. I absolutely love it. Let's talk about you know staying on this idea of money and, and charity. Sometimes the wealthy, so to speak, can get a bad rap. You know, a lot of times people are uncomfortable talking about money, or they can point fingers and say to get wealthy, you know, you're greedy, or to make profit, you're greedy. But in dealing with 
charities and in dealing with high-end vacationers who are paying 30, 40, 50, 60, 70,000 bucks for a week in one of your properties, how do you, from your perspective, view the wealthy? Sure. Um, first of all, I want to—I just want to make sure you and and everyone knows that we don't our our rates for our members are not anywhere near that range. We've got we have nights at three hundred and fifty dollars a night, and these are for two to five bedroom homes, up to about twelve fifty a night. So the highest we get, uh, if you're not talking about like Christmas or New Year's week, the highest we, our rates really go for for members is maybe. You know, seven, eight, nine thousand dollars a week. We okay. don't have, unless you're talking about, you know, the private island. Sure. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be a lot more. But but the bulk of our properties where we lease, you know, if, if New York City or Aspen or uh, Mexico or where where what have you, are are gonna be a lot less. My view of of the wealthy is that there really has nothing to do with. Uh, how much money you have, it's who you are. So if, if you are an amazing human being and you make a lot of money, you're an amazing human being with a lot of money. If you're, how do I put this politely? If you're a jerk with a <laughs> lot of money and, uh, you know, before, and then you make a lot of money, you're a jerk with a lot of money. Uh, I don't think it generally changes people for the better or for the worse. I think sometimes they might get a little more protective of it and worried about losing it. But you know, I look at people again. My heroes, people like Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, started the Giving Pledge, and are really focused on and enjoying what they get to do with the wealth they've created to make a difference in the world and, and leave a legacy and inspire others. And that's what gets me excited. Uh, I'm sure there's plenty of people who make a lot of money and you know, want to use it all for themselves or give it all to their children, which I think can be a big mistake. And, you know, they don't give it away or they're greedy. There's plenty of people like that. There's also plenty of people like uh, Buffett and Gates who, whether they're billionaires or they've got a million dollars or, or a lot less, you know, you can still give of, of yourself financially, give of your time, give of your ideas. And, um, you know, that's what gets me excited. I think money is just energy and it can be used for positive things, for neutral things, for negative things. But it's not inherently good or evil or anything like that. It's all what you decide to do with it. Really well said, Adam. You're obviously driven yourself by generosity. Where'd that come from? I think um, my parents, I think I'm just really fortunate that I was raised by parents who are extremely giving and, and think a lot about others. And, you know, it started from a young age. I, I remember when a friend of mine, my best friend growing up had leukemia, and I just decided to do this thing called a backyard fair. I was, a, I don't know how old I was, maybe seven or eight. Wow. And I, I probably raised $10 for him. But, you know, I got a lot of um, praise for that. And I felt really good. And at the time, I didn't, you know, I didn't, all I knew was I was doing something to try and help him. You know, I've, I've tried to come back to that in my life and, and find ways to help others because I think it's one of the most fulfilling things you can do. There's a movie, a documentary called Happy. And I learned from that, that long-term happiness, which I've really been 
trying to study because I've seen people, I used to think, oh, you make a ton of money, you're going to be happy. Um, but I've seen plenty of people with you know, more money than they could ever spend and they're miserable. So if money doesn't make you happy and you know, status doesn't make you happy. Uh, we all know stories of famous people that, you know, commit suicide. Mm -hmm. So clearly that's not the answer. And looks doesn't make you happy. So if it's not kind of what we're fed from Madison Avenue being, oh, if you, you know, have this or drive this car or have this much money or have you're famous or you look like this, you're going to be happy your whole life. If it's not those things, what is it? And this documentary says, well, it's um, relationships, personal growth, and contribution. So that's really what I try and uh, help make easy to create uh, with our vacation experiences and everything we do in this company. I'm trying to foster relationships with people. And when you travel and stay in a four-bedroom home with three other couples or friends from high school or your family members – it's going to foster those relationships and oftentimes take them to a new level. Personal growth could be something like taking a cooking class or learning a language or learning how to surf or ski or swim. Those are, those are all amazing things that, you know, people can work at their whole lives and get better at. And I think that provides lasting happiness and then contribution, which clearly is a big piece of everything we do. Wow, I love that. That entire section right there makes this whole episode so worthwhile. So one of the questions we ask a lot on this show is what is one of your all-time favorite moments of giving? Because we're always aiming to inspire people with new ideas and new ways to give. And sometimes it's big, sometimes it's small, but everybody just kind of lights up when they talk about one of their favorite memories. What's one of your favorite moments of giving? Yeah, so I mean, I've, I've I've been able to raise obviously a lot of money for a lot of organizations, um, and and helped other our team do that. And I you know raised enough money to buy uh, to build a school in it was in Guatemala. I was mixed up earlier, and I want to go actually with pencils of promise and see that school, which I dedicated to my grandparents. Oh wow, so, it's a uh, remarkable experience. Yeah, so that that you know, if you ask me in a couple of years if I've and I've gone down there and done that, that may be one of my magic moments. But I say all of that to tell you a quick story about when I used to volunteer at a small organization here in Atlanta that was just helping kids in in a tough neighborhood, and uh, you know I was going and like reading books to them and helping them with homework, uh, and I was assigned this one young girl. And uh, I, I was, you know, helping her with her schoolwork and getting to know her. And on her birthday, I bought her a leapfrog learning pen. And uh, I thought it was kind of a cool gift that she could have fun with and play with and also help to, to learn. And um, I didn't think that much of it. I was just like, oh, it's a birthday, give her a present. And, you know, I, I think I took it for granted that that might have been the only present she got on her birthday. Wow. And uh, she she wrote me a, a letter and drew a picture. And I will never forget receiving that. And, and that really helped crystallize for me that, you know, it could be a $10 million gift, but sometimes it's just, it's, a, you know, a, a $20 birthday present to someone who isn't getting it otherwise. Um, and you can see how that changes somebody. Sometimes it's the little things too. It doesn't have to be 
always tied to uh, huge financial gifts or anything like that. Wow. I absolutely love that story and that example. So where can we find you and where can we check out the vacations? How do we book? Walk us through all that. So we have two websites. Uh, We're going to change that ultimately and have one with everything on it. But right now we have two websites on the charity side. If there's anyone out there who wants to connect with us from the charity side, they can see everything at Getaway to Give. That's Getaway. And then the number two, give.com. And then um, on the member side, it's G and then the number two, G Collection. So standing for Getaway to Give, but G2GCollection.com. And my email address, if anyone wants to ask me any questions or talk about what we're doing or if I can help advise for vacations or philanthropy, it's adam.capes, which is C as in Charlie, A, P as in Peter, E, S as in Samuel, at G2GCollection.com. I love it. I love it. Okay, last question. We ask everybody this question. Why should people be unapologetic about their pursuit of success and or wealth? You asked me at the beginning about uh, favorite quotes, and I can't give you the exact quote because it's pretty long, but Marianne Williamson has an amazing quote about people not being afraid of uh, failure, but most people are afraid of success, and they shouldn't be because when you shine, it gives other people the ability um, or the uh, excuse to go out and shine themselves. And there's nothing to be apologetic about following your bliss in life and fulfilling your potential. And it, it helps other people fulfill theirs. It helps inspire other people. I think that's why, as a society, Chris, we're drawn to uh, athletics, you know, whether it's you know watching people play football or the Olympics or whatever. We want to see people fulfill their potential and do amazing things because it inspires us to do the same. Mm, I freaking love it. What a great way to put a bow on this thing. Adam, thank you so much. You offered up so much value, so much knowledge. But best of all, I bet a lot of people are going to go enjoy what you've created while helping other people. So I can't thank you enough. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Chris. Of course. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.